Hello, and welcome to week two of 60 Weeks, 60 Books, where every week I take a book that has had some kind of impact on me, do some rereading, reflecting and reminiscing. This week I'm focusing on The Black Stallion, a 1941 children's novel by Walter Farley. What is it about horses and girls? As a small girl in the US, I was introduced to the horse genre through Marguerite Henry's Misty of Chincoteague books and my favourite horse novel of hers, King of the Wind. King of the Wind is about the Godolphin Stallion, a horse that absolutely transformed horse racing in England in the 18th century. Objectively, I think it is a better book by far than The Black Stallion in terms of style, engagement, story, complexity... But the Black Stallion influenced me much more deeply and lastingly. Bear with me, this is going to seem like a digression, but we will get there in the end. When I was born, my parents named me Zeba, the only name on my birth certificate. Timing-wise, I could have been kinder to them. I was born a matter of weeks before they started their finals. Once university was done and dusted, my father took a temporary job in a local pea processing factory to pay off his overdraft, and then the three of us, followed by a Hillman imp shipped by sea, headed to Pakistan. My father's parents were not, I gather, terribly welcoming. They were not expecting to welcome some young English memsab into the family, They were upset that money which could have been spent on useful items like fridges, cookers and plumbing had been blown on the selfish purchase of a car and to top it all off I had not been given my great-grandmother's name, Aisha. The last one was the easy fix. The marriage was a done deal. There was no way my parents were going to sell the imp as it was their lifeline to freedom. So I became Aisha and that was, to all intents and purposes, my name. My first school was international, so Aisha did not really stick out, although the repulsive and weirdly named Worden Wormser made up a very stupid chant, which went something along the lines of, Aisha's going to bite you. I was slightly conscious that I had a strange name, especially since my friends were called normal things like Betsy, Lisa, Jennifer, Mandy the kind of names that were on mugs or room plaques available at the drugstore, but it wasn't a big thing. It did seem odd to me that I had to change names to go to boarding school. I had travelled on my mother's passport until I was about seven, but then the preparations began to send me to boarding school, and as it was the only name on my birth certificate, I was back to being Zeba. Not just for passport purposes either but also for school purposes. I'm not sure why my parents did not insist that the school use Aisha, but they didn't, so I became Zeba, or Zebra, or Zebedee, or Zeba, or Professor Zebra. I didn't mind Zeba, or as my godmother called me Zeb, but all the stupid variants my peers came up with really aggravated me. I was very cross with my parents for giving me this ridiculous name. I bitterly resented not having a nice normal English name like Fiona or Sophie, Katie, Louise or Camilla. I was also wildly unimpressed by the fact 
that my useless parents had utterly and entirely failed to me, although both were at British boarding schools, for hymns, prayers and Bible readings. So when I was about 10, I declared to my mother that I wanted to be christened. I wanted to fit in and I wanted to choose my own name. And that name would be Alexandra. Alec for short, after Alec Ramsey, hero of The Black Stallion. And my first major fictional crush. And when I shook the dust of my junior school off and moved to secondary school, I would be Alexandra for good. And when I got my next passport at 17, I would be Alexandra Zeba Aisha, as I have been ever since. For quite a while, between the ages of 10 and 23, it worked. I had three names in operation. In Washington with my father and stepmother and then my half-brother, I was Aisha. In London with my mother and godmother, I was Zeb. And at school and university, I was Alex. Normal, unimpeachably English Alex. Although not entirely normal, as I opted to go to a Scottish university where it was hard to disguise one's Sassanac roots. What was it about Alec? On rereading The Black Stallion, I was struck by how minimalist it is. Just propulsive plot with no subtext to speak of. The book opens with Alec on a freighter, heading back to New York from a visit to his missionary uncle Ralph in India. The boat has stopped at a port on the Red Sea where the 14-year-old boy watches as a huge feral stallion is loaded into the hold. Ferocious and dangerous, the great stallion intrigues Alec, who is also horrified to see the man who appears to own the horse whipping it furiously. The vessel sets off through the Mediterranean, past Gibraltar and into the Atlantic. Caught in a huge storm, the ship sinks somewhere beyond the Portuguese coast and miraculously Alec and the Black survive, land on a deserted island and survive on Carrageen. At the time of reading, I did not question it. Nowadays, I have to confess that I spent quite a few half hours here and there over the past week trying to work out where exactly Alec and the Black might have been shipwrecked. My guess is somewhere in the Azores, but even so, Carrageen, if you look it up, it's inevitable. Don't ask questions, willing suspension of disbelief. By the time they are rescued some weeks later, the Black has allowed Alec to ride him. They are rescued by a boat heading to Rio and then take passage to New York. It seems very casual. Once in New York, they fall on their feet. A neighbour with a barn and pasture turns out to be a retired jockey and race trainer who, like Alec, falls in love with the black. And despite the horse's lack of formal papers, they manage to enter him in a challenge race between the two fastest horses in America at the time. And of course, the black wins. There were sequels, and I think I may have read one or two, but none of them matched the original for memorability or readability. The key captivating feature of this first novel is the shipwreck and its immediate aftermath for Alec and the Black Stallion. Alec himself is an exemplary hero. Brave, resourceful, courteous, kind. 
No wonder ship's captains, journalists and Henry Daly, the retired jockey, are eager to help him, despite the black savage behaviour. Having now spent 30 years teaching children between the ages of 9 or 10 and 18, I have to say I do find Alec implausibly articulate and persuasive compared to most 14 to 15 year old boys. I would love to make the book a set text for eight to 10 year olds with that central question. What is it about Alec that encourages so many people around him to help him? Whether he would still be such a role model in a digital age is another question. The book is set in the mid-1940s. Farley himself started writing it while at college and it was published when he was in his 20s and was so successful that he ended up never needing to actually follow through on his college degree and work at his originally chosen profession of engineering. He ended up as a writer, wrote 34 books and uh, retired to Florida to his beach house after having raised four children happily in Pennsylvania. It's really nice to be able to think of a writer with such a happy story. And I also really would like to thank Walter Farley for creating the book that helped me to change my name and find out over the years who I really was. Take care, see you next week, uh, and it will be Winnie the Pooh. Bye-bye.